Um, we were talking about the fact that there are a lot of interpreters who work for the Canadian forces in Afghanistan over many, many years who are still there. Canada, of course, has made promises to them uh, that we would protect them, at least bring them and hopefully their families, even their extended families to this country, because now uh, with the change of regime in Afghanistan, they are being targeted by the Taliban who know full well who worked for NATO forces opposing them over decades. Joining me now is Ghulam Faizi. He worked as an interpreter for the Canadian forces in Kandahar. He came to Canada in 2011, and he's worked ever since to try to bring others and their families to this country. Thanks. Thank you for your patience. Apologies for that. Uh, no problem, Ben. Thank you for having so me. Tell- Tell me about this anniversary, because I, you know, for I think for a lot of outside observers, it seems like this last year has gone by very quickly. But I can imagine for you and for all those waiting in Afghanistan to come here, it must feel like time is standing still. Uh, of course, it was uh, a long year for us, and it's been continued for since the the fall of Kabul. They they celebrated the day today in Afghanistan, the Taliban, but unfortunately. Only 41 uh, members of our families made it to Canada out of 5,000. ICC uh, opened the policy for the extended families for Afghan farmer interpreters' families, and we, we are struggling. So it is the the the, the speaking we are speaking about the death and life of our families who are stuck either in Kabul, Kandahar, and the rest of the parts of Afghanistan or in Islamabad. They have been waiting since to be evacuated to Canada, but unfortunately there's a lot of uh, struggles we are faced with the ICC and global affairs. What have been the roadblocks, guys? Because I understand if I think back to the other conversations we've had about this, uh, there are a number of different problems. One of them is the demands uh, for for documentation and so forth. Uh, another is just getting access to this to, to apply. What have been the, the real roadblocks as far as you're concerned when it comes to trying to bring uh, the interpreters specifically to this country? Uh, there are couples. Uh, like you mentioned the documentation. So it's it's taking forever to process the application per uh, an applicant. That's the first struggle we are faced. And the second, we, we're being facing with the problems with the passports in Afghanistan. And, and we cannot go to Pakistan with a passport. Some of our families made it to Pakistan without passport and Pakistani visa. And their, their application being processed and approved to Canada, but unfortunately, uh, global affairs and IRCC, I don't know, they're not willing to to negotiate with Pakistani delegation or they're not working hard enough to bring those people who are being approved. That is one part of the problem. And the second part of the problem is exit permit in Pakistan. So it it, it has been 50 days today. The, the last flight Shadow flight was canceled by Pakistani government due to the expired visa our clients or Afghan clients have had in Islamabad. So now Pakistan demands everybody with expired visa should have uh, an exit permit to exit Pakistan. I don't know our global affairs, uh, Melanie Jolie minister, mm-hmm. cannot resolve a tiny problem in Pakistan within 50 days, which is the exit permit problem. What happens if Canada faces a major problem in that part of the world? Either they're not willing to resolve this problem for Afghan uh, clients, 
Second, they are not taking uh, experienced people advice on that matter. Third, our IFCC advised them not to do it. We have no idea because we we have been meeting IFCC weekly. We give them a lot of action on the table. If you guys use some of these with the Pakistani government, they will definitely resolve this problem within a matter of days. But unfortunately, it's almost two months. Uh, we're, like a lot of uh, our approved people, uh, let's say 300 plus our families members are being approved and their application is finished. They're waiting in Islamabad for flight. And right. more than thousands of people from SIMS program have been waiting in Islamabad to be evacuated. But there is no news from IRCC or Global Affairs when they can bring the people. And, and Gulam, these are the lucky ones, right? These are the ones who've made it out of Afghanistan, the ones who've gotten their permission to come here, and they still can't get out. Uh, I mean, I know that unlike, you know, I've been talking to other groups over the past while, and a lot of groups uh, are complaining about the lack of transparency. Uh, you have been talking to IRCCs and immigration, so you do have an idea, or you're able to tell them what the problems are. Uh, what is your sense of what the issue is? Is, is it just they're not able to handle the sheer number of, of things they have to do to help get people out of those countries, or at least help the ones already approved get here from, from Pakistan, from Islamabad? Uh, yeah, there's two problems. Uh, one of those, that problem, they, they, they are not try to get them out of Pakistan because we cannot say that they are not able. Canada is a G7 country, and Pakistan is also allies here. So this is a humanitarian program. It's not a, a usual client that goes to Pakistan and can have a, a better visa and fly out of Pakistan. Because once you go to Pakistan, your application takes two to four or five months to be in process. So your visa will expire. And IRCC, the Minister of Immigration, advised us on TV, on global news, and everywhere that do not come, do not return to Afghanistan because it is a threat to your life. Once you made it to a third country, stay there, and we will we will evacuate you from there. So now the problem is why they cannot do it once they promised us. That's the first part of the problem. The second part of the problem is also Pakistan. So we call this battle passes. Once Pakistan released or issued. Uh, the clients like better permission letters that you can use it as a visa to go to Pakistan and you will be uh, having a legal status there. Right. So, from Afghanistan to Pakistan, right? When you cross over? Exactly. Yeah, from right. Afghanistan to Pakistan. And foreign affairs and IRCC also failed to, 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 to secure some of those because Germany and the United States uh, have been crossing their clients uh, every week 500 to 600, but really? unfortunately, Canada failed to do that for Afghan people. So, so these people are then are then stuck in Afghanistan. They are stuck in Afghanistan, and most of their application being approved to come to Canada, but unfortunately, they cannot make it to a third country, which is Pakistan currently. So you have these these almost four sets or three sets of different people now. You have those who've been approved who are stuck in Pakistan. You have those who've been approved who can't get into Pakistan or any other third country, Tajikistan, for instance. And then you have those who have not been approved yet. Uh, tell me a bit and about the last... We, la oh, sorry, go ahead. And we also have those uh, people out of our group, about 25 to 35% 30, 30 
they did not receive G number or case number yet. They have been waiting more than eight months. Their application being sent to intake office in Nova Scotia, but they did not hear the news. Every time when we remind RCC what is happening to their application, they should get at least a confirmation. They say we are working on it. We tell them, yes, you guys have a problem. We don't have any diplomatic relationship with the Taliban. Yes, we will agree. You guys have a problem in Afghanistan. But we will not agree on the application process that is in the hand of IRCC officers here in Canada, either in Dubai. They can process at least issue the rest of the G numbers. That's another problem. And one right. problem I just want to bring it here before I move on to the second. There are the same program, which is for the farmer interpreters who were stuck and are stuck in Afghanistan. Some of them I know personally, they're being injured in Canadian missions, but they never uh, received G numbers or case numbers yet. And the right. IRCC closed that same program, which is unfortunately those people are left out and they're stuck with the Taliban. I don't know what will happen to them. And time, it feels like a year has gone by already. I mean, do you have hope that, that eventually this this program will be sorted out and the people that need to be brought here will be brought here? And and how about the people you represent? Are, are, do they still have hope? Those are still in Afghanistan. Um, you know, a year is a long time to wait under a new regime. Uh, most of them are displaced from their original homes. That's one of the strategies we use it or with our families because if you stay with the same village or in the same province or in the same area we were being uh, using or living there, of course, you will get into a lot of problems because we lost already one or two members out of our families, those uh, 300 interpreters. So most of them are displaced and keep changing their places. That's one of the problems uh, we are facing. And the second problem all of our family members lost their jobs because they are not in the same place. They cannot continue a normal life there. So they've been waiting to get out of Afghanistan and go to a third country and make to Canada. But this bureaucratic uh, documentation taking forever to process. We don't know how long it will take, but we still hope. We have hope. That's why we are being telling the media, telling the public of Canada that uh, we helped Canadian missions in Afghanistan in Kandahar. I remember we were the third or the second person in each mission. We were going outside. Mm-hmm. And today we need the help of Canada. And, and, and we really appreciate the veterans who's, uh, and the public and the media in Canada. But unfortunately, uh, we need to remove this bureaucratic uh, process that has to get expedite and bring our families as soon as possible because we do not want to lose more members of our families. I know we saw when you had that protest back in in August, of course, people were talking about the fact that some have already lost members of their families who've been stuck in Afghanistan, who have been targeted by the Taliban. So it is a very, very real threat. Uh, Gulam Faizi, thank you so much for the update tonight. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate that.